0: Hello, and welcome to the violinist podcast. Today we are traveling virtually to Slovakia, so I'm happy to present you some outstanding Slovak violinist, concertmaster of Slovak Philharmonic Orchestra, teacher of the violin at the State Conservatory in Bratislava, first violin of Moises Quartet, Jozef Horváč. How
1: Hi, you? how are you? <laughs>
0: yeah, thank you. Good. How are you?
1: Thank you. Also, I'm. Uh, this week, I'm enjoying. We uh, we are actually now having the spring break, so uh, trying to relax and uh, doing just normal stuff. <laughs> All right.
0: Yeah. You, you you have been also working as a concert master in Symphonic Orchestra of Malaga in Spain, right?
1: Yeah. Right. I have. Yeah. Done, maybe... uh, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I was there working for almost for nine years and I must say it was really very, really, very, very nice uh, part of my life because Malaga is a really beautiful city living next to the sea. So um, nice people. It was a really good experience.
0: Mm. Yeah, you have quite an uh, interesting career, you also have studied in America, I understood. Maybe you can tell in general about your career and what are you doing right now? Okay, it will, it could be a little
1: bit long, long, but I will try to okay. read it in, in short. <laughs> uh, so I, I come from Bratislava, uh, the capital of the Slovak Republic and uh, I, sta- I started to study here. Uh, I, I was very lucky with uh, with a teacher in our conservatory. Actually, conservatory here is um, I would call it like special music school. It's it's like a high school, or, or, or we we don't have a uh, musical gymnasium. We have just a conservatory, so all these uh, subjects are very uh, mostly about the music. So no math, physics, or something like this. Just the music, and it's a it was really good because uh, when you are 15, you already can feel or, or, or you find out you meet the good teacher and, and you can really uh, be concentrated just for this, for practicing. Of course, very important is to for, for a young person to find a good teacher at the beginning. And I was very lucky. Uh, Unfortunately, I met uh, Professor Albin Bertel uh, when I was 17. Could be also earlier, but still it was uh, Albin Bertel uh, was uh, one of the mm, best pupils of uh, Schneiderhan. And uh, he also studied in, uh, in Prague. And I must say, it's, uh, he was very, very uh, important uh, teacher of violin here uh, most of his uh, students are now playing in very important orchestras. And so, so I, I, I studied with him, uh, uh, four years. Then I, uh, then I, uh, attended to the, to our music, uh, academy here. But at the same time, I felt like I was already, uh, 20. 21 years old, and I felt like uh, I would like to go to study somewhere. So uh, I I was accepted to the Hochschule uh, für Musik und uh, Kunst in Wien, to the class of uh, uh, the first violinist of uh, Alban Berg Quartet, uh-huh. and uh, uh, then. Uh, but it was actually very very. Uh, very special story because uh, after I went uh, in, in two days, I went to, to Amsterdam to play for, for example, Ilya Grubert and oh. more, more teachers. I was kind of like traveling and uh, trying to, to make contacts. That time was not so easy for us because the uh, political situation was like, uh, still we were not in European Union and it was not so easy to, uh, for young musicians to, to go somewhere to study because of the economical situation. So we really needed to get the full scholarship if you go somewhere. So Vienna was the best, uh, idea. Winter Pichler, very famous violinist. I was, I was very happy. Unfortunately, with Ilya Gruber, I couldn't go to Amsterdam because the school was very expensive and uh, my country couldn't help me with the money. But on the other side, uh, I went to one masterclass in Holland uh, called Holland Music Session. Mm-hmm. I, I actually don't know if it's still, um, it's, uh, if it still work, works this masterclass, but that time it was one of the best, uh, I think, in Europe. All, all the best uh, teachers were uh, teaching there. And I met uh, Victor Lieberman, I was I fell in love with him, and also I met uh, Eduard Schmider. Eduard Schmider is a uh, pupil of uh, David Oystra. He's a Russian-American uh, violinist and uh, teacher. And uh, so when I asked him if it would be possible to come for stu- to study in, uh, in Dallas, that time he was in Dallas. Uh, he asked me that there is actually one possibility, but I must tell him in three days if I accept this because there's uh, one student got uh, sick and uh, and couldn't continue to study. So actually, That's I I, uh, I had to decide in three days if I go to to Dallas, and uh, actually I did this decision. And uh, I must say, it was one of the best decisions in my life, what I did for me, because um, uh, Eduard Schminder is an unbelievable uh, teacher. He is fantastic and it helped me very, very much. But then I came back after two years. It was two years, the uh, solist diploma. I came back and I continued uh, in Vienna with Gunter Pichler, and, and still, I, I wanted to finish my uh, education my study in Bratislava, that uh, I, I studied also with one of the, another very important violent teacher here, uh, Josef Kopelman, okay. uh, who is actually, he's a cousin of the great famous Kopelman from Porodin Quartet. All right. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's, this was, uh, I I came back and I was already, I, I finished my study actually quite, quite, uh, quite late. I was 26 years old. Um, and, uh, straight after I also felt like to, to also that I could have another experience somewhere in abroad, but I was very, still was very difficult because as I mentioned before, uh. We were not in the European Union, so uh, to get the position in some orchestras, you even didn't get any invitation. It was very difficult for uh, invitation for an uh, audition. And the first audition that I, I went was in Malaga and yeah. I got it and uh, I spent time there. So it was very, very, very simple for me nice. and I was very lucky. And what was very important in my uh, musical career also was uh, the fact that uh, I was also lucky that I could uh, I could start to play since I was young in uh, two very very good orchestras, and uh, one of them was the chamber orchestra Capella uh, Istra That time the level of this orchestra was really like uh, world class level and uh, uh also at, almost at the same time uh, um i i got the possibility to play in a uh, orchestra solist, uh luxembourg so um, so uh, european luxembourg yeah and and it was for me uh, really shock when i when i could play with uh, one of the best players in uh, in, in europe the members from uh, Israel Philharmonic and from everywhere. Uh, and uh, so I, I I was there playing when I was young, until I went to United States. And then when I came back from United States, I also could play two more years there, and after I went to Malaga. And when I came back from Malaga, uh, they were so nice and they called me again. So I could... I, I'm still uh, playing there and actually uh, now the cycle is, uh, finishing because, uh, I met there also you. So my, uh, <laughs> it was like this. It was, uh, very really nice. And uh, it's very important for young people, as I see it now, like a teacher, uh, not to play, how to say those kind of, uh, geeks
0: mm-hmm.
1: that, uh, that, uh, helps you could be economically a little bit, but uh, doesn't help you uh, m- in musically. So I was very lucky that I could play in already my first orchestra that I started to play occasionally was were uh, very very, very uh, high level orchestra. So so I could also learn a lot from my standpoint partners and from other people. So this is yeah. my study study uh, history.
0: Yeah, just a small remark. Uh, just say that for me, it's also amazing experience in the solistes Europeans that you that young player can play next to so amazing players and experienced players and get this experience themselves and develop themselves so much. It's not as you said, just like geek, but it's also a great self-development for young musicians yeah because for example when i
1: studied in vienna uh, almost all the students who are living and studying in vienna uh, they want to earn some money so so the first thing what they do they are playing johann strauss orchestras and this kind of gigs. and i must say truly that i really didn't like it at all so I was. That's why I say that uh, it's a big uh, difference if you play something like this, uh, uh, or you have a possibility to start to share your uh, experience uh, with uh, with really really uh, good players. So this this uh, also helped me to be much more flexible when when I went then to other orchestras or, for example, just masterclass. It uh, develops the flexibility and it also helps you to, to, to have a good, uh, how to say, viol- or good, good musical taste. It's very important. Yeah. That not just from the teacher, but also you can learn very much from, uh, also from the orchestra and the people who you, who you meet there. So this this is all, in my my opinion, also help. To me, it helps very much. Yes, yeah. because most of the young people they finish the school, and uh, then they make the audition to the orchestra. Let's say they they get it, and uh, they are absolutely not uh, experienced by orchestra playing they played sometimes in you know some good uh, youth orchestras but uh then they have really, very very difficult life the first year that the uh, how to say this uh, or have uh, uh it's really difficult for them to, yeah, probation, to probation period yes yes to get in the orchestra and to to be relaxed and but i think everybody had it when when started to play professional orchestra when they were young practicing eight hours a day to to learn everything to learn Mahler and this so i think it's very important if you start as soon as you can to get the also also orchestra experience
0: Oh, Well, and then you back to Slovakia. And uh, I want to ask to forgive my ignorance, our listeners, but I don't know much about Slovak violin school. Maybe you could tell us a bit of Slovak violin school and yeah, how that... does it differs from other schools?
1: Yeah. I would not really say that there uh, exists some Slovak violin school. Slovak Republic was in the history under Austro-Hungarian uh, monarchy. Then we were many, many years uh, Czechoslovakia Czechoslovakia, uh, then many, many years under this, uh, during this communistic period. So, I would say that uh, we are very much influenced by by all these kind of aspects. Like, uh, I, I, I think that it's totally normal that uh, everywhere, the Russian school, influenced uh, almost the whole world. But I must say that uh, there is a very important Czech school by uh, Ševčík. So um, then also in Vienna, Vienna Vienna is 60 kilometers from my city, from Bratislava. So uh, it's uh, in this case, I must say, it's very unique. uh, Slovakia, especially Bratislava, because we are, we have borders with uh, Hungary, borders with uh, Austria and borders with Czech Republic. So it's so close, everything. So of course that the influence of those very important violin schools are here. Also Hungarian violin school. Uh, so I, I, on the other side, I'm, I'm also a little bit proud of this, that this there, there, kind of this uh, mixture of all these I must say that, uh, but still, the Czech uh, influence is the, the, the probably the strongest. Or, or that time uh, when I was also studying, uh, or let's say my violin teacher that I already was speaking about him, the the Albin Vrtel, he was the product of the Czech and Austrian school. Mm-hmm. So I think that, uh, it's the the strongest influence here. And then also came after also some Russian, uh, way of playing. And, uh, I think that's it, uh, I must say that I'm, I, I feel myself more like the Russian product of, uh, of playing and, uh, as i'm now teaching also in the conservatory and also in the university uh, i'm trying also to how to say to give my uh my education what i got uh it's uh, my way of playing or teaching the uh, it it's could be a little bit more diff- different like uh, like it used to be here So uh, we are also doing the history. So let's see. I I, I hope it will help for my students. And, and also this uh, Russian-American style of playing and teaching. Uh, it's very, for me, it's very, very in, in important and very interesting and very useful. For example, now I'm trying to give to my students uh those kind of i don't know if you know the the do, do is uh exercises no. it's it's really fa- something fantastic but I, I i already did this in dallas it's like it's it's written like d o u n e i s donis uh-huh. code uh, for example violin players daily Dozen. is just one of his opus there are many many other things is it, is it exercises? It, yes, it's exercises for the left and right hand. And he has more of them, more about the lab, like, uh, flexibility of fingers and very, very interesting things. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. so I, what I wanted to say that till now probably we, in Slovakia we were based on Ševčík. Ševčík is also, he has also uh, amazing books. Uh, uh, not only for really small children, but he has also one uh, book of uh, violin technique, very very difficult also and very useful. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to give now also to my students this kind of another, let's say another kind of uh, education, also flesh. But uh, uh, trying now with this dunes and and it really helps. It's very very good. So. Slovak violin, uh, how you call it, uh, we, we don't have this uh, Slovak violin school, I might say. I would say like uh, we are product of this central European school, what is here. What could so be it, also interesting because there are many, many kind of uh, musicians here. I mean, the style. So. So you you go to uh, another class. They are teaching, let's say, Shevchik school. Another class, another. uh, is, uh could be uh, Russian style, and and so it's very vari- variability is here. It's oh. yeah,
0: it's very nice. It uh, helps to be open-minded and uh, choose your way of playing.
1: Yeah, I must say that what I also see now on my students, especially. And I guess I guess the students are everywhere, almost the same. Doesn't matter if you are in Slovakia or you in Finland. Uh, but uh, what is interesting that when I was young, we didn't have internet. We almost didn't have when I was really young. I don't say that very, very old, but uh, it 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 went very fast this development of technique, and uh, so so I still remember that we. Uh, We didn't have so many opportunities to, to listen, let's say Renger or or whoever. Now you go to YouTube or Spotify and you you just have it there. Yeah. And in YouTube, you have even video, so, so you can even see what he is doing with his hands, uh, everything. You can learn a lot, I think. That time we didn't, and if we had uh, already, uh, I remember that we were totally Obsessed of that. When I, for example, when I got the Brahms uh, violin sonatas with Perlman and Ashkenazi, I I was every day I was uh, listening it and and was falling asleep with that music. And somehow it came to me inside of my soul, and I still have it in my head exactly the the sound, also the phrasing. I think now the young people are not like this. When I ask my students, for example, they play some piece and uh, I ask, uh, okay, so who is your favorite uh, interprets of this piece? They almost, they don't know. Uh, they they say, oh, I listened to someone. I don't know his name or, or so. It's, it's, I, I was, I am actually quite shocked by this uh, fact because, I am telling them how can you say this? I I know exactly how, for example, Sasan uh, Rondo Capriccio. I know exactly how Heifetz plays the uh, one phrase. What is on the fifth page? I know exactly how Kogan plays this. And you even don't know who, who is your favorite one. So this is very important. That uh, uh, I think. When you study, but still also when we are now professionals, I think we we must uh, try to always get information, always to learn something new and and a uh, whole life actually to to study because uh we we must know how how for example, so now the young generation is playing everything is changing. And, and we, we must love it. Actually, if this is the most important—not to be superficial. And then there is another aspect, for the, for what I also think is very important. <laughs> that, for example, we should be very flexible. We, we should be able to to play. Let's say we should try to play like high We should try to play like Perman. He's, Vibrato or or something. We should we should be really very flexible, uh, not to not to have just one opinion because all these things are very important. For example, when you go to orchestra or when you start to play chamber music, or, you must be very flexible. And also very important is if you are flexible, you have easier life. I think because when you go to master class to meet some very important teacher or or player. If you are flexible, they will love you. Yeah. So he shows, for example, he shows you something, how he plays it. And if you are able to, to, to play like him, this is very, very, very good. So uh, I, I remember also the interview by Perlman. He was telling that when he was younger, he had also one period that one month he was playing like high hyphets. Another month he was playing like... <laughs> David Oistrakh. So it's uh, it was very funny for me that uh, uh, that I realized that I'm it's it's not just me so crazy mm-hmm. that I was also doing this trying to imitate mm. sound or also the position how they hold the violin how it, how it works the right hand on this. So we can learn a lot also by this from this, uh recordings what we have now by YouTube or other yeah. other. So I I I I am sure that you agree also that that we must. It's it's almost like I say for example to my students. So we have possibility to listen uh, many in competition live. We have yeah. possibility to listen Queen Elizabeth also live. So are yeah. you? For example, the topic about Bach. How, what is the right way how to play, how to interpret Bach or Mozart? Yes. I, I say I, I always uh, tell them: if you don't uh, trust me that it should be like this or it could be like this, go to this competition. Go, go to virtually. Go to listen. And those people they are studying with the best violin teachers in the world, and they are they, those young people who are there attending. They could be. Or maybe they will be one of the most important violinists in the uh, in the future. And uh, so, if we want to have opinion how Zakhar Bron is teaching Bach or whoever the best teachers in the in the world, just try to listen to their students how they played. So also this is yeah. also are very possible because now. Now, I think there is this kind of uh, fashion that everybody wants to play Bach in baroque style. Yes. And uh, if you go to big violin competition and you come and you start to play in baroque style, I, I don't think so that you will, you will be very lucky. Yeah. I, I My opinion is that, for example, all those uh, all those famous baroque Violinists, Baroque virtuosos, because they are, this Fabio Biondi or, or others, they are really virtuosos. But I'm, I'm almost sure that when they were young, they didn't play Baroque in Baroque style. After, after when they continue in, uh, in their education, they, they found their their way after later. So so uh, of course they also attend to some competitions. So so it's not like uh, I would never ask my student who is 16, 17 years old to play for example Bach in baroque style. Bach solo partitas and sonatas. First of all learning in the way how let's say Arthur Grumio or or, or sharing uh and then, and then you you found you will find your your own way. I think.
0: Uh, here is another important question because uh, very often I hear from um, mm-hmm. good musicians, good violinists, uh, words like uh, "look like this" supposed to be traditional. Playing this way, or nowadays, like you said, Bach. Well, nowadays you should play like this, or like uh, in our country, we play like this. But should we really like try to play like everyone else, or should we still find our own individuality?
1: Yeah, I think it, it's it could be something like, uh, let's say, when you cook some food. When you, you can cook very good borscht and you find the old simple recipe. But you can also, after, after you already tried and cooked many times the old style borscht, then after you will find, uh, you will think you can add some and other things there. And and it could be uh, your way of cooking borscht. So I think this, this could be also about with the music so whatever Bach if, or, or Mozart uh if if you find the the how to say the gold, golden middle way so uh after after of course you go to another school another teacher another country the, all all these kind of influences are are interesting though i would Never play how I play now. If I would not uh, spend nine years of my life in Malaga, if I would spend uh, uh, nine years in uh, Germany, I, I think I will play in different way. You know, it's it's. It, but on the other side, this is very very good. It's uh, that's why uh, it's beautiful to listen to people because everybody plays a little bit different. That I think it doesn't have to be. I don't like this uh, this opinion that it must be like this of course there must be some uh, how to some rules mm. no uh, you you cannot play uh, without any taste and you should not play i in my opinion totally as you want because then it could be ridiculous there there of course there are very very good players i would not not name but that uh, they play fantastic they are fantastic uh, violinists instrumentalists but the taste i don't like it though because they are trying to go by their own way and maybe it's already behind the border or over the borders so i think it's it's totally it's something very very uh, natural uh, even though there could be somebody who, who, who is not a professional musician. Mm. And, and you give them two kind of recordings. It could be David Oyster or, or, and then another someone who, who is crossing the borders. I will tell you for 100% that this person will, will like more David Oyster. Mm. Or another example that uh, even if somebody plays out of tune and somebody plays in tune. It's totally natural that the person who, for example, never heard the classical music will tell you, I like this one. So everything what is natural, what is not uh, behind the borders, how, how I said it, uh, it's, it's normal, it's, it's nice. Or for example, when somebody doesn't play in the rhythm, right rhythm, uh, step by step, you will get when you are listening it somehow nervous. Somebody is running or or slowing down without without any any rules, uh, no metrum. Uh, uh, so it will it will disturb you. So I think uh, our life, our world is uh, based on this. Everything, what is nature, what is normal, what doesn't disturb us, is it's nice. And it could be also in the music. If somebody is oh. playing very aggressive, for example, who who would love this?
0: No? Thank you for listening to the first part of our interview with Joseph Horvat. Continue listening to the second part in a one week.